0: Welcome to the FNO InsurTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsurTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller.
1: Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of FNO InsurTech It's your host, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Say hi, Rob. Rob, Rob, say hi. Come on, man. No? Oh, that's right, because you're not here. You're unable to join us today, Rob, and we miss you. We have a very exciting podcast. Today, we're going to get to visit with Derek Merrill, who's a founder and CEO of LeaseLock. Now, I didn't know a lot about LeaseLock. Uh, before Alicia got me the notes and introduced me to the company. Uh, and it's a fascinating company. This is an a insured tech uh, that is really revolutionizing the way that people rent homes. And they're allowing people to get into homes who might not have been able to otherwise. They help the individual by doing a monthly payment instead of a large uh, security deposit up front while also giving the, the rental company an insurance. And we're going to get to talk to Derek. We're going to get to talk to him about where this idea came from, what they do. I'm very excited for it. And so why don't we go ahead and jump into this podcast. And I'd like to apologize to all of our listeners who really only listen to this podcast to hear Rob Beller talk. I'm sorry that he's not on today. He will be back. We all look forward to that. But I assure you, It's a great podcast. Our guest steps right up and does a wonderful job. So here we are. Let's jump on into our interview with Derek Merrill, founder and CEO of LeaseLock. Well, welcome everybody to the podcast today. We have Derek Merrill on, founder and CEO of LeaseLock. Welcome, Derek. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Lee. Thanks
0: for having me on.
1: Wonderful. Now, where do we find you today? Where are you calling us today from?
0: I am in sunny Marina del Rey, just outside of Los Angeles.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Is it nice and warm there?
0: It is. Today is nice. You know, there's, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a June gloom, you know, the coastal marine layer, but uh, we haven't had too much of that, thankfully, this summer.
1: Now, is that where the home office is? Is that where everybody's located for LeaseLock? Yeah. It's a great question. Uh, how things
0: have changed. Yeah. But I'd say the majority of our team is um, still kind of LA based. However, we've hired in a distributed fashion over the last year and a half, kind of taking advantage of, of the ability to do that. Um, and I, I think our working model has been we are actually accepted being a distributed company with drop desks. So we still oh, okay. will retain kind of our HQ and for the team members that you know want the community aspect and here at hq we, we always want that available and so we'll support that and, and probably some regional hubs uh, as we grow you know teams around uh, in different parts of the country
1: how many employees do y'all have
0: we're at 75 today oh
1: wow i found hiring people during covid to be a little a little complicated because we hired them with the understanding that hey we're hiring you all over the place, all over the, the the country. But now as things are getting a little bit back to normal, offices are reopening. Is there any change there? You were saying that you plan to kind of have drop desk, but then also that area where people could come back. I mean, are people still okay working at home or are people willing to move back to where you are?
0: Yeah, I think there's a sense of missing the community aspect, Yeah, right? You know, debating and huddling around a whiteboard and just you going to lunches and, you know, seeing your team, uh, you know, people been for, you know, for those that just haven't, uh, they've been working from a home office, but I think there also is a understanding that, you know, the working model has changed and we can be more flexible, right? You know, the five day work week at, you know, an office, I think for us, it's gone. Um, so we're just, we're kind of creating a flexible model where, uh perhaps we can have the best of both worlds.
1: Now, how old is LeaseLock? About five years old. Since we incorporated was 2013, uh, oh, but wow. we actually okay. didn't
0: launch to market till 2016. So I'd say you're about right from a you know launch to market perspective. Five years. You know, it took a couple of years for us to get kind of the underpinnings, um, so to speak, with our insurance and mm-hmm. and get that approved and backed by a carrier. So, you know, there's a couple of different phases, but, you know, we've been to market for about five years.
1: Why don't you tell us, you know, what is lease lock? Tell us kind of what do you do now? And then I want to go into the story of where, you know, the difference of 2013 to today. So what is it today? What is lease LeaseLock Lease
0: lock replaces security deposits for rental housing with insurance to the property. And the resident is paying, you know, a small monthly fee, and that removes the requirement of any upfront security deposit, uh, which most people, especially in, you know, this time of cash shortage for a lot of folks, so it's coming back um, is is very helpful. Just reducing that, I, I like to call it a down payment for renting. It just is so antiquated. It's a win on the resident side, and then we provide insurance. We call it lease insurance. And lease, lease Lock is the first company to really um, kind of invent this new insurance product that insures the property um, against lost rent and damage, things that a deposit would have covered. But we offer multiples more in, in coverage than uh, a security deposit would offer. So you really have a win on both sides.
1: So if I go rent an apartment and I need to put down a thousand dollar deposit. The apartment complex is gonna keep that if I do damage to the building, but you're coming in and offering an insurance, right? So I would pay as as a as a renter, I'm gonna pay a little bit up front. And that covers basically that se- security deposit there.
0: Yeah. So you're not buying insurance as a resident. You're just paying a what we call it's a deposit waiver. Okay. You just—it's a small monthly fee, and what happens is you don't have to fulfill any requirement for any upfront deposit, whatever that would be. So the benefit there is purely a, a financial one. It gets access to housing. A lot of people can't—they struggle to come up with the ability to pay that that deposit that's required, uh, and there, it also absolves things. Sometimes they require cosigners or guarantors. We get yeah. rid of that too. So it just makes the transaction very easy for the consumer, the resident. And who's insured now is the property. Um, So when there is, if there is missing rent um, or there's damages left at the end um, after a resident moves out, um, or let's say there's a skip or an eviction, lease lock is there to cover it with the insurance to the property, this lease insurance that we invented.
1: Well, that's a fascinating idea. I mean, you're opening up housing to people who otherwise couldn't afford you know this housing. So that's a wonderful thing, and the apartment's getting a win out of it when it's over. where Where did this idea come from?
0: You know it, it, it these things are always born out of personal pain points. And mm-hmm. in this one, it was my co-founder. He went through such a painful process in New York City. Talk about <laughs> one of the most painful places to go through, you know, housing search and he was you know you know ultimately I guess he was uh, uh, approved but he needed to show uh, you know some some absorbant rent to income ratio and then I think was required a guarantor through that process it just was so so much friction and so he just dreamt up there's got to be a better way and I think that at least uh, insurance could be uh, part of this solution so I joined forces with him through a tech accelerator here in Los Angeles. I uh, actually was one of our first investors and really joined forces with him to go and solve this problem.
1: So what do you do with, with this idea? So it's back in before 2013, I suppose. You have this idea. I mean, what what do you do from there? Do you do you just start asking around and seeing if anybody will invest? Or, you know, what 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 did that road look like for you? Well, I mean, for me, you know, my uh, My side of the
0: house is product technology. I also love the sales side of things because I I benefit from learning what customers really want. You're able to kind of learn and improve, rinse and repeat. You know, very early LeaseLock kind of went to market and quite honestly, we just started picking up customers and we started watching what they were doing. We started asking questions, how we could get better, how we could improve. And, you know, we, we just continuously went through an R&D process and introduced um, new versions of the product to, to make it better and provide better delight to, to our customers. So from my perspective, it really isn't about investors or, you know, raising capital, though you need to do that. It's really about building the right product and having customers that you're making happy.
1: Well, so how's it going today? Where is Leaselock selling this product at? What, what states? You know, we're nationwide. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the reason why, and, and you know, we are nationwide is because we sell to the large enterprise property management companies and ownership groups. And we sell through an enterprise sales team. And what happens is because these guys are giant portfolios, they're spanning many states. And typically, yeah. they're only going to do business with vendors that have the ability to cover their portfolio. So from the very beginning, um, we knew that that was our go-to market, and so we had to design this such that we were available across all 50 states. We're really very proud that we have that ability to service um, you know, the full country.
1: So I, I guess for some reason in my head, I'm just thinking about apartment complex, but I guess you do this with rental homes. What about commercial sites? You know
0: we don't do commercial i'd say that there's a lot of inbound interest Mm -hmm. Uh, we get commercial brokers calling us up every week saying geez i wish you guys would do this to help my commercial deals because there's a lot of friction there as well in the transaction so it's probably something we'll take a look at in the future the rental housing market is so big There's 50 million, you know, nearly 50 million in the United States, um, you know, uh, rental uh, homes, whether they be multifamily or single family, there's 50 million of those. So it's a giant, giant market in just the United States.
1: Let's talk a little bit about COVID. You know, COVID affected everybody and financially, many people lost their jobs. And I would assume it had an impact on your company, other than just staffing and housing people. You know, what did, what did COVID do to lease luck?
0: COVID was a giant boon to our okay. business, and there, the reason was twofold. Number one, from a resident consumer perspective, there was a tightening of cash, right? People couldn't go to work. They needed help from the government, right? In the form of stimulus. And that really created a, how could you come up with deposits (laughs) in that scenario, right? When movement is required, so number one, and that, there was already a trend there. If you look at any modern financial technology, it's it's um, getting rid of any friction for the transaction, and typically upfronts are uh, you know present a lot of friction, and you know especially when you look at savings rates these days for the average American. So it put further pressure on that upfront deposit. Um, second the notion the visibility um uh in the fog of war on, on kind of rent payments um during the pandemic for properties lit it was a huge education moment around we got to look at some other solutions out there that could be better than deposits uh because we're worried uh, around right uh you know america's ability to pay rent and um you know, continue with the financial performance of you know their assets. So, we had a lot of from the business side. It was an education moment that was just kind of this free Super Bowl commercial running for lease lock. You know, for about a year.
1: You know, I've been seeing housing costs go up and up and up, and it costs so much more to buy homes uh, and build homes. Therefore, it costs so much more to rent homes. Does that have anything to do with your with your pricing model? I mean, are are y'all being forced to have to charge more for this product with the increase in in housing?
0: You know, uh, for us, the rent pricing um, is, is somewhat disconnected. You know, from what we're looking at is the risk, uh, and this is really what differentiates LeaseLock. Is we're a data first company. We've what we do is we're able to go and look at through our property management software integrations, the living history of uh, what they call resident ledgers, which is everybody who's uh, lived at that property, when they move out, for example, what did they leave in missing rent or damage? And so we go and run that into a risk platform that is um, computing and running simulations to go and prescribe the right amount of coverage per asset that will drive net financial impact relative to deposits for our uh, business customer. So it really is, it's less based on kind of the dynamics of rent pricing. And we're kind of centered around the risk data that's contained within that given community.
1: Well, that's absolutely fascinating. I didn't know that there was any data that was actually collected out there. I knew that claims happened, right? I know that uh, things get broken and all this, but have these large companies been actually collecting enough data for you to really properly underwrite what might happen?
0: Yes. And they've been doing it through these software systems because it goes to the core of what matters for them, which is rent paying, yeah. right? And, and um, how does that match? We can see ledger data. And so that that's there and that really is what's powering our product.
1: What are the type of things that you're seeing that get damaged or is it mostly is it mostly people leaving early and not finishing out? I mean, what are what are you covering whenever there's a claim on the property?
0: Yeah, from a high level it's two things, it's rent and damage. And so from a rent perspective, the two events we we call these defaults to the lease agreement if someone just kind of up and walks out, that's a skip. So that's covered. And then an eviction, right? And, and so that's covered. So anything where there's non-performance per the lease agreement that says, I'm going to pay X amount for X period of time, right? That's what you're signing with the lease agreement. So that's rent. And then at move out, typically, and this could be in normal move out scenarios. And I think all of us has probably confronted this. There is a inspection and then there's damages that that may be caused. And, and the thing is, this should be above wear and tear. But you know, that's where the gray area comes in, because that's always so subjective. Right. <laughs> One side is going to say, hey, that should be normal wear and tear. And the other side is going to say, no, that's excess damage. And so we have the ability to use the data here. And we've built out a data science team that is um, built out modeling that helps us get more scientific about defining the difference between you know those two. So that's very helpful. The good news is we get rid of deposits. So we just get that whole negotiation out of the equation altogether. And it's really just us providing that lease insurance coverage direct to the property.
1: So is there an underwriting that comes in Whenever you're actually looking at the, at the insured or the actual uh, person renting the property, is that ever factored in, or is it only historical based on the apartment or the rental home?
0: You know, that's the old way of thinking funny enough is mm-hmm. they, uh, and that's the big innovation with lease lock was all the, they call them deposit alternatives. And we're very deliberate to, to, um, separate ourselves from deposit alternatives, because the the old way was effectively, it was a brochure in a leasing office say, Hey, go to this website or download this app. And we're going to underwrite you as the individual, we're going to run your credit. And we're going to make an assessment of your risk and then, you know, provide some, you know, coverage that you walk back, you know, into that leasing office or digital checkout. And we found that very cumbersome. It was poorly adopted, and it just felt like it was not the future. And so we took an approach to say, hey, well, shoot, we built out this rock star engineering team, and we're really good at these property management integrations. And they showed us that there was all the data, the historical data that we could pre-underwrite the whole property based on the history, the living history of residents. We're not just talking about a couple or individuals, we're talking about the full living five year, 10 year, sometimes more history. It's a pretty good indicator of the future. And so that's that's our approach, is we, we don't underwrite any individual. The property, they're gonna do their normal screening and they decide on who meets their bar for being approved at the property. But once they're approved, we cover everybody instantly. There's no separate process. There's no separate credit check we do. And that's what makes it such a great experience on the resident side that we can offer and, you know, no other deposit alternative has been able to.
1: It really is fascinating. I mean, I think it's such a it's such a barrier to entry to get people into homes. I mean, you're helping people get into homes. I, I love that. You said you're a data company first. Yeah, I, su- I suppose that there's other data you're, you're looking at, right? Other than just the the historics from an apartment or a rental home or a large company. What about crime records or fire records or health records? Is there other data you're looking at?
0: Not those, uh, but we do look at other aggregate data that helps inform some of the AI risk modeling and helps train those and and get um, more accurate we look at things like there is a open source Princeton Eviction Labs data that, you know, we can overlay that are kind of from a macroeconomic perspective, helpful for models. There are, what we do is we cross-reference nearby assets, right? So if you're in, let's say in Phoenix and uh, we look at similar like assets in same zip code to do kind of give you a, We call it the nearby neighbor model. So there's different dimensions that we're able to kind of bring in separate data that could be third party or it could be within our property network that helps us fine tune our coverage recommendations.
1: That is wonderful. And it appears as though you're drawing the interest from a lot of people who really believe in this product. And I'm seeing names here like QB North America, American Family Ventures. I mean, you have people who are actively involved, you know, companies and, and true believers. What is that like to, to partner up with companies like those? It's so fantastic.
0: Um, You know, I'd say finding investors to back lease lock. It's always been there for us because it's something fundamentally everyone wants to be a part of Yeah, because you think about our mission we're helping the world find home right and in providing access so i think it's something people can get behind real easily and it's it's one of those kind of e- simple products that uh just make a lot of sense and you know this is the future it's just a question of how quickly can we get there um and uh you know uh you know when is it going to happen so we've been very fortunate to get a nice kind of roster of tier one investors behind us to, to back the mission.
1: What is it like going to market and trying to find the best of the best uh, to come in and work at the company? Is that hard uh, out there in this, you know, pretty competitive landscape that we have hiring people?
0: Yes, especially when you're going for really the highest caliber, you know, folks out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it gets very competitive. The thing that we do have going for us is that mission. Number one, and I think I came from the ad tech space and sometimes it's harder to get out of bed, understanding kind of what you're contributing to the world in a direct way, Uh, delivering advertising technology. This one has never been hard and it gets me excited, more excited every day as we uh, grow and unfold this to the market because you know you're helping people. So I think we have a lot of people like that, but also we're just a cutting edge, innovative company. And um, we've actually built something that's very new. It's a new approach. It's data first approach. Um, So we're, we really are a technology company from the core and we find innovators that kind of want to be a part of this dynamic team that's building something that's never been done before. And, you know, that's very different than, you know, what, you know, some of our competitors, for example, might be doing that. Um, more iterate iterative kind of improvements on the old way and we really kind of want to take a fresh approach
1: and what's exciting is we're actually on video today me and me and Derek are and I'm I'm looking behind you and there's workflows or sticky notes there's whiteboards there's all sorts of things I mean you're not done right you're not done with your product it, I can I can just sense that you're continuing to make a better product and make it a better world. What are you working on to continue to evolve this product?
0: Yeah, it's a great statement you made there. The work is never done. Innovation never stops. The second you believe that, you're going to fall behind. And so we get excited about finding ways we can continue to improve. And we always find ways. <laughs> so so um, a big you know, and, and, you know, we haven't announced formally, but we're, we're working on a big, big upgrade that will be released in uh, this quarter. And it really is centered around us taking this data first approach and and being more surgical around Mm -hmm. how we can recommend the right coverage to our communities and ultimately have them benefit in even, um, you know, greater asset performance. So Stay tuned for that. Um, that's coming, right. and we're just doubling down on really our core data advantage.
1: That is fascinating. So let's talk a little bit about you before LeaseLock. There was Life. You know, what was it you were doing before you started this venture? You know what? I've
0: always been a builder. That's just always been. You know, I like to wrap businesses around the things I'm building, but I'm first and foremost, I'm a product guy. I like to kind of see, see a problem and then go create something to go solve it. And yeah. so I've been doing that, you know, in just a continuous and an organic way. So that, that's kind of a thread. You know, I've, I've, I've actually co-founded a couple venture backed companies before this a couple in ad tech, uh, one in insure tech. So always typically working with a small engineering team and building a product first, just because you can, and you don't need capital to do that. You just go and you, you, you can start building software is cheap to build. I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can do to get, you know, a prototype, you know, built. So that's always just been me. I mean, in normal times, I, my Saturdays, I know it sounds nerdy, but I sometimes look forward to just going and setting up my laptop at the Starbucks, you know, across from my, my house and, and just hacking and and working on a new application.
1: We were talking to a, a venture person the other day who said that they love to invest in serial entrepreneurs, and they go after those people—those who have started something. Uh, they're almost willing to invest in them before the idea comes out. Is that something you're finding? I mean, as, as somebody who's who's founded and started up some items, I mean, are there other people out there saying, "Hey, we're we're with you, whatever your idea is, let's go"?
0: You know, you got to go build it first, and um, just. Be focused on whatever it is you're passionate about, go and, and get customers, you know, and I think that the modern investor wants to see the entrepreneur that just figures out how to go get a business, build a product. You can do things so cheaply now, especially with platforms like Amazon, AWS, right? And it's just software so cheap to go and innovate and build. And then go and get customers and improve. And then if you have, you have a business, then there's money there to back you. And if you have the passion. So I just, I think it's changed from just pitching PowerPoint decks um, that, that, you know, maybe we're there in a generation before now it's really go build. You can actually go build the technology, get it to market, get customers and then scale it. If you find that product market
1: fit. Well, Derek, that brings us to the end of our time today. I just want to say thank you so much for hopping on here with us and visiting. You've really opened our eyes and I'm very excited to see your continued success. I mean, you have a great mission. You have a great company. So thank you so much for being on today.
0: Thanks, Lee. I appreciate those words. The optimism kind of bleeds through the, the communication here. So we, we love a, the ability to share and, and educate your listeners and your team here. So thanks for having us on.
1: You bet. Thanks so much. Well, special thanks to Derek for being on today. Uh, really enjoyed getting to visit with him and the passion and the mission that they have. Uh, and and what a fascinating product. It is just so neat to to see these entrepreneurs who go out there with these ideas that seem so simple once they're done, but they're so complicated to begin with. Uh, I'm always in awe of everybody who does that. So special thanks to Derek for being on today with Lock And I look forward to their success and I look forward to their future plans. I think there's a lot in store for them. And until next time, goodbye, everybody.